We have been looking at the book of Proverbs. Remember, the book of Proverbs was a guidepost. And we have been looking at Proverbs, not verse by verse, but rather subject by subject together. And the last time we were together, we looked at our speech. Speech, what God says throughout the book of Proverbs about speech. Speech mentioned over 135 times, incredible amount of times. God refers to what comes out of our mouth. The last time we were together, we looked at pleasant words like a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and held to the bones, and then grievous words, stir up anger. So we compared those two. Then we looked at patient, kind, and gentle words to encourage, to lift up. And then we saw there were words that we could tear down, and there were words of flattery, looking for something from someone, wrong type of words coming out of a mouth. Then we looked at a soft answer, a soft reply turns away wrath, we saw, and then conversely to that, that which stirs up anger. Then we saw, of course, speech that God would use to lift up people, to encourage people. There'd be rewards for good speech. And then conversely, speech that would destroy a life. And we want to continue on now in speech, and we want to look at controlled speech. God wants us to control our speech. Out of the mouths of fools pour out foolishness, the scriptures tell us. It just comes up, you know, it just keeps pouring out. And we want to see what God says about having controlled speech. One of my favorite passages in the scriptures is let everyone be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Don't be hasty in your speech. God tells us that throughout the scriptures, but particularly in the book of Proverbs. Don't be hasty with your words. And so we want to look at controlled speech. Now, there are many passages, and we'll go on to the next subject in speech in just a moment. But if you'll bear with me, let's look at controlled speech. Let me ask you this. Do you answer too quickly? We can all answer too quickly, can't we? And you know what the problem is? You can't take it back. And it does irreparable harm sometimes. And if you're in the situation, that situation, you need to apologize immediately. Don't defend yourself. Don't try to get away with it. Don't tell the person what you meant. You just simply say, I'm sorry I said that. I'm sorry. Fix it as quick as possible. Because with our words, we can, in fact, kill. We can kill. I'm not talking about physically, literally, but we kill a spirit with our words. So let's look at words and controlled speech. First of all, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 19. In the multitude of words, there lacketh not sin. Don't you ever wish that you had just had been quiet? Why did I go on and on? Why didn't I just be quiet? And you feel like, I kept talking, and before too long, it came up. Do you know anyone verbose that talks a lot? You know anyone like that? And they keep on going and going, and finally, something slips out that's not right. Why? Because in the multitude of words, there lacketh not sin. We need to be careful with the multitude of words. Notice, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. Sometimes you should just be quiet. Sometimes you should just be quiet. Okay, let's look at another one. Chapter 11, please, and verse 12. He that is void of wisdom despises his neighbor. This guy doesn't like his neighbor, and he just keeps saying it. He just keeps talking about it. But a man of understanding holds his peace. If you don't like someone or something or some situation, it's best to just not dwell on it. Don't keep talking about it. 
let it go. It's a word spoken in due season. It's, it's okay. Do you ever have a, a friend or someone and you talk to them and they're always on the same subject, always talking about the same thing, and it's always at the same time repeating the same words? Well, unless there's something mentally wrong going on, that person is not a wise person. They're not refraining their lips. God wants us to refrain our lips Chapter 12 and verse 23, please. And I won't go through all of these, but understand that we need to have controlled speech. The prudent man concealeth knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaim foolishness. A prudent man will conceal knowledge. What does that mean? He hides things from you? No, but he doesn't dump on you everything he knows. You meet some people, and they have to tell you everything they know about everything all at once. And it gets a little tiring, does it not? It gets a little tiring. All they know all at once. Listen, you, you can hold back a little bit. First of all, I'm tired at this moment. I'm busy. I have things to do. So leave a little bit for later. Just leave a little. A prudent man will do what? He'll conceal knowledge. He's not going to give you the whole thing. But what happens with the heart of fools? They proclaim foolishness. They just keep going and going and going. Guarded words. We need to guard our words. And again, the New Testament talks about that, doesn't it? Be careful in speech. Make sure that your words are always seasoned with salt. Administer grace unto the hearers. That which builds up and not necessarily tears down. Chapter 14 and verse 23. Another proverb on controlled speech. In all labor there is profit, but the talk of the lips tendeth only to poverty. In all labor there is profit, but the talk of the lips tends only to poverty. Here's someone who talks about doing something. One day I'm going to be a big deal. One day. People don't know it, but I have talent. And on and on and on. It's just talk. It only tends to poverty. Let me see what you do more than what you say. Let me see that. Look, if you would, again on chapter 15 and verse 2. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools pour out foolishness. A wise man will use his knowledge in a right way, but fools, they just keep pouring out their foolishness. It's known by the multitude of their foolish, foolish words. Look at verse 14, same chapter. The heart of him that has understanding seeketh knowledge, but the mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. They just keep going. Another passage is in 1528. The heart of the righteous studies how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. See, the, the mouth of the righteous will study how to answer. Think through what you're going to say. Some of the worst moments of my life is when I didn't think through what I was going to say. Should have thought it through, but no, I had the answer. The answer to what? Foolishness. We need to be careful. Think through. Let every man be swift to hear. Make sure you really listen to what that person said. Slow to speak and, of course, slow to wrath. Another passage on that is go to chapter 17 for a moment. So we're talking about rash words, harsh words. Uh, we need to be careful with these rash words. We want to have controlled speech. 17, and look with me, please, at verse 27. 17, uh, 27. He that has knowledge spares his words. What does it say? He that has knowledge will what? Spare his words. You have a lot of knowledge? First of all, if you do, you don't have to tell everyone. They'll know. They'll know. 
if you have a lot of knowledge, you'll spare your words. But look, continue on if you can in 17. He that has knowledge spares his words, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. Even a fool, when he holds his peace, is counted wise. And he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of great understanding. The brightest man you know is the guy that doesn't say anything. Just quiet. Even if he's foolish, you don't know it. Why? He's not pouring out foolishness. We need to be careful with what we say. We need to spare our words, not be so quick to tell everybody what we think. One more passage, and we'll quit with this, but head with me to chapter 18 and verse 13. He that answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame unto him. Answering a matter before you hear it. The term hearing there has to do with understanding. Listen, that's what James is getting. Let every man be swift to hear, listening carefully, not just coming up with something corrective. Someone says something, I gotta fix it. I gotta do this. I gotta straighten these people out, whatever it may be. No, listen to what's saying. He that answers a matter before he hears it, it's folly unto him. Shame. It can and you can lead to terrible things. So we want to be careful that we have controlled speech. And the right of Proverbs is warning us about that speech, controlled speech. Then this, the speech of someone who boasts, you know, someone who boasts. And, and I'm sure you're familiar with this. We all know people who seem to boast. We need to be careful. I've tried to be careful of when you hear someone and the hero in all their stories is them. You ever meet that type of person? The hero in all their stories is them. It's a sure sign of someone who brags a lot about themselves. And we want to make sure that we're careful about boasting of ourselves. Why? Because if there's any boast, it's in the Lord, isn't it? Paul said, God forbid that I should glory except in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we want to make sure that we are not those who boast. And of course, the book of Proverbs talks about that. Head with me to chapter 20 and verse 6. Most every man will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. See, almost everyone will proclaim their own goodness, but really, a faithful man, those are hard men to find. So we don't want to be proclaiming our own goodness to everyone all the time. Let's look at chapter 25 and verse 14, please. There are people who boast about what they have done or what they will do. Don't boast about tomorrow, James said. Why, you know not what's going to be on the next day. If I had this, I would do that. Did you ever meet people like that? I... I remember when we were young people, you'd go to visit someone who would have a house. If I had that house, here's what I'd do. If I had those kids, this is what I would do. If I was in his position, here's what I'd do. And then you get in that position, and sometimes you're worse than they were. <laughs> Why? Well, because you're boasting about something you don't know what you're talking about. And notice in chapter 25 and verse 14, please. Whosoever boasts him of himself... Notice, whosoever boasts himself of a false gift is like clouds and wind without rain. You're just boasting about what you can do or what you're going to do or what you should do, and you're just like rain clouds on a hot day. There's a promise of rain, and it dissipates, and it never cools or refreshes at all. Don't boast of yourself about what you're going to do or what you could have been or what you should be or anything like that. You know, we want to be careful about boasting. Of course, Paul says, if a man thinketh himself to be something, when he's nothing, he deceives his own self. One thing I personally have found about people that boast is they feel insignificant, so they have to tell you about themselves. 
somewhere along the line they were hurt or have been hurt or rejected and they need to feel accepted so that's why they have to speak about themselves so much and we want to be careful that we're not part of that why i'm accepted in the beloved see everyone wants to be loved and loves to be wanted everyone wants that we all feel this thing about wanting to be needed uh, by someone i understand that but listen if my mother or father reject me, the scriptures say, God will be a father unto me. I can recognize I'm in Christ and Christ is in me. So I want to be careful that I am not, in fact, trying to impress people. I want to be careful about that. Don't boast. Then there's some words here, untruthful speech, or we would call them lies. But there's more to it than that in the Proverbs. Before I was a Christian, we used to call them weasel words. Is that okay? Weasley words. People who say something and trying to get out of something without looking bad. You ever? They don't want to incriminate themselves, so they come up with a lot of weasley words. That's what I used to call it. I don't call it that anymore, by the way. But God talks about those types of words in the scriptures. Lying and trying to get out of something or trying to look good when really you're part of the fault. So let's look at that, please. Chapter 6 and verse 19. Remember, these six things is the Lord hate, seven are abomination to him. And what, are, what is one of them? Well, in Proverbs uh, chapter 6, look at right in verse 19. A false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Someone who sows discord among the brethren. Someone who speaks lies. These things God hates. Well, if you have a problem with what was said by someone, go and talk to them about it. Don't look for a multitude to join you in your words. Just bring it to the person whom you have the problem with. Or lying, of course, is contrary to God's word very, very plainly. Look at chapter 10 and verse 18 for a moment. Chapter 10 and verse 18. He that hideth hatred has lying lips. And he that uttereth a slander is a fool. Wow, pretty harsh. But that's what God's opinion is about those who hide hatred with his lying lips. So, I love you. I just love you. Oh, I, uh, I would never do anything against you. I had a, a guy one time tell me that. He said, I will never, ever hurt you, I, and, I, and I'll swear that to you. He was one of the biggest disappointments and hurts in my life, and he's out of the ministry. Incredible. Be careful with what you say. Be very, very careful how you say it. Make sure that you're not saying one thing and really meaning another. The scriptures call that a hypocrite, do they not? Not to be a hypocrite. Let's look at another passage, please. Chapter 14 and verse 5. 14, 5. This all has to do with speech, what the Bible says, Proverbs say about speech, what we say, how we say it. Proverbs 14, right in verse 5, a faithful witness will not lie, but a false witness will utter lies. A faith. Do you solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Well, yes, kind of. <laughs> I can tell you what I know. I can tell you what I think I saw. I... I can tell you what I thought I heard, but I don't know exactly. I, I know that I've told you this, so please bear with me. Um, Nancy and I witnessed a hit and run on Post Road up, uh, up near the Dunkin' Donuts up there across from Ann and Holt. And we were in traffic and a car come flying by us and slammed right into the side of another car. 
he backed up and drove away, just drove away. So Nancy and I um, chased him. Well, she, she was in the passenger seat, um, so we chased him anyway, and we went down the road, and, but he was going so fast that I, couldn't, I didn't want to try to keep up with him because at that point we would have endangered lives and, and our lives as well. But um, we got back to the scene of the accident, and uh, we pulled over and told the police that we, we witnessed it. And he started asking us questions. The two witnesses didn't agree. We, Nancy said, I think she, either she said or I said, the guy had a hat on. And the other one of us said, no, he didn't. And then we started trying to give the license plate numbers. No, I don't think that was it, you know. And we were eyewitnesses to something. And we didn't know what we saw when we were done. I could have swore in court and not known exactly what I was talking about. We want to make sure that we're not false witnesses of anything. Be careful. Be careful how you say things, where you say things, when you say things. Because sometimes you, that's what you think you saw or that's what you think you heard. Investigate it. Look, try it out. Discover whether it's true or not. So you're not guilty of lies or weaselly words, as I put it. Look at, we're in uh, verse 25, Proverbs 14, and verse 25. A true witness delivereth souls, but a deceitful witness speaks lies. 17, 14, 17, 14, another about being careful with our speech, that is speech that uh, can, in fact, hurt untruthful. 17, in verse 14, the beginning of strife is like one who lets out water. Therefore, leave off contention before it be meddled with. Just leave it alone. Don't throw where no wood, where no wood is. The fire goes out. Don't keep throwing words into the matter. Just leave it alone. Let God. Some things you can't fix. That's one of the most brilliant times in my life as a pastor when I finally came to the conclusion you just can't fix some things. You just can't. Remember as a young man, I'd pour myself into people's lives, trying to help them, drive them here, drive them there, do this for them, do that for them. Why? Because they were in spiritual difficulty. And, and, and pour my life, take time away from my family for them. Often, they just continue doing what they're going to do. You can't fix it. Sometimes you just need to back off and let the Lord deal with it. And it takes some spiritual understanding. It takes some time to realize that. It takes some great effort. But sometimes you can steal from your own family to help someone else who really is just using you. And some matters you can't fix with the multitude of your words. You just have to leave it alone and let the Lord do it. Just let the Lord do it. Chapter 26, verses 18 and 19. 26, 18, and 19. These are some of the, the, word, the, the Weasley words that I referred to. We're in Proverbs uh, 26. Look, if you would, please, at verse 18. As a man, as a madman who causeth firebrands and arrows and death, so is the man that deceives his neighbor. You get that? This guy's deliberately deceiving his neighbor. And then he says, am I not in sport? I was just kidding. No, he wasn't. He wasn't kidding. He said that for purpose. He said that to get something across. He said that to do deliberate damage. And then when you hold him accountable for it, he said, I was just kidding. See? Now, it's hard for us to know, but God knows. God knows the heart. But this is in here for a reason, isn't it? It's in here for a reason. The next passage, where no wood is, there the fire goes out. 
So where there is no talebearer, strife will cease. See, we need to be careful, very, very careful with our words. Okay, now we'll, let's look at a couple things about words against the innocent. Saying something against the innocent person. Now that's not part of our lifestyle, I'm sure. However, there are people who can't wait to say something wrong about an innocent person. It's within them, it's sin, it's hatred, it's guilt, it's, it's, it's uh, boasting of some kind, it's the want of what they have, who knows? Turn with me to chapter 25 and verse 18. A man that bears false witness against his neighbor is like a club of war and a sword and a sharp arrow. A man who bears false witness against his neighbor. Why would you do that? Well, there could be reasons that I'm not aware of, but recognize that God warns there are those who do that. They bear false witness. Why? They have an agenda. Perhaps they have something, he has something they want. <coughs> Perhaps uh, they're in it to, to, to destroy his reputation. I, I don't know exactly. But I do know that there are people that bear false witness. I've had them do it against me. You know, you wonder, well, why would they ever do that? And you ask them, and I, ah, you know, uh, that's not exactly what I said. Well, what exactly did you say? You know, and you, you try and run it down, and you never can. Why? Because they wanted to and did, in fact, bear uh, false witness. Now, another uh, tragic thing in the scriptures with words has to do with l when leaders lie. When leaders lie. Um, there's an old saying, numbers don't lie, but liars use numbers. Numbers don't lie, but liars use numbers. I remember, this was way back, this is how old I am. I remember Jimmy Carter running for president, and who did he run against? Involved in a debate, whoever it was, and I don't remember exactly, but whoever it was. They both used the same set of numbers to prove their point and the other guy wrong. The same exact set of numbers to prove themselves right and the other guy's wrong. Well, which one of them was lying? I really don't know. I really don't know. But recognize this, that we can be, uh, we can have people who are leaders who are misleading us, or those who want to be leaders, AKA those running for office of the president. They use numbers that are not genuine at all, and they know it, and they know it. Yet, it leads to their favor, so they use those numbers. And you've, you've heard some of it, I'm sure. So let's look at leaders lying. Chapter 17 and verse 7. Proverbs 17, 7. It's so tragic because those people in leadership that are lying cause great harm not only to themselves, but to those who follow. We're in chapter 17. Look at verse 7, please. Excellent speech becometh not a fool. You, you get, you, you'll see the dichotomy here. Excellent uh, speech becometh not a fool, much less do lying lips a prince. You expect fools to say foolish things, but you don't expect a prince that is a leader to say lying things. You just don't expect it. Why? Because a prince, a person who's in control, someone who is, has responsibility, they shouldn't be lying. They, 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 they should be telling the truth. They should be someone who the people can depend upon. Chapter 21 and verse 6, 21, 6. The getting of treasures by a lying tongue is vanity tossed to and fro of those who seek death. There are some people that have great wealth, and it's because they earned it. It was hard work. It was industrious. Uh, they were self-sacrificial and everything else. 
And they, they, they have a position in life where they gain that, and, and that's admirable as far as this world is concerned. And then there are those who, they got their wealth by being criminals, lying, cheating, stealing against the law. Uh, God warns about that. Uh, lying, a lying lips of those who have money. Be very, very careful of that. Chapter 29 and verse 12, please. 29, 12. Talking about a ruler, please. 29 and verse 12. If a ruler hearkens to lies, all his servants are wicked. Anyone following him, anyone who goes along with him. If this guy is a man who listens to lies, a man who's involved with lying, then everyone that's involved with him is equally as bad. I don't want to be a partaker of that, do you? Don't be a partaker of evil deeds, the scriptures tell us. Now, what will happen? Well, the scriptures tell us justice will be done to liars. Justice will be done. Uh, it may not be in my time. You know, didn't you ever wish there were times where uh, you could see the justice of God take place? I know there are people still walking around who have done things to me, and it just seems like they're happier than ever. And I think, well, okay. But you know, when you consider it, God is going to do something in the end of that. God's going to take care of that. And, and conversely, there may be things I've done to people that I just need to confess and have done that in some cases, and some I don't know about and would confess if I hurt someone. But recognize that uh, justice will be done. God says no one is going to get away with anything. We will all give account for every idle word that we speak. Wow. I don't know exactly what that means, but I know this. We ought to be careful with what we say. We've got to be very careful with it. So let's look at 12. We're almost out of time now. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 19. Proverbs 12 and verse 19. Remember again, you have two more weeks to read through the book of Proverbs twice. We're in chapter 12 and verse 19. The lip of truth shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is for a moment. If you're honoring God with your speech, God will honor that and bless that and reward that. But if you have a lying tongue, it's just a little while. Just a little while. 19.5, Proverbs 19.5. A false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall not escape. Wow. We don't need to comment on that one, do we? Look at verse 9. 19.9, a false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall perish. Look at 24 and verse 28. Be not a witness against thy neighbor without cause, and deceive not with thy lips. Make sure, make sure you're careful with your words. Why? Because idle words will, in fact, be called into question by the Lord. They may not by men, but they certainly will be by the Lord. So speech, the whole book of Proverbs, and I, and I haven't read nearly all of the passages. I could bring you to a dozen more passages on many of these subjects, but I think that's enough flavor to recognize God wants us to be very careful with what we say. My father used to say, zip it. Now, I don't think I said that to my kids. Maybe I did. Don't ask them, please. But I, I got the point. It's time to be quiet. And when my father said zip it, I didn't say just one more thing, Dad, because he would have locked the zipper, if you know what I mean. You know. So we need to be careful with our words. 
very careful. Why? Because God will call them into question one day. The next time we get together, Lord willing, we're going to talk about working, being lazy, and money. And the book of Proverbs abounds with working, being lazy, and money. So if you're lazy, you probably ought not to come next week lest I hurt your feelings. So let's pray together. Father, thank you for your revealed truth. Thank you for your word. Father, we all are guilty of saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. And Father, so often we don't say the right thing at the right time. But Father, help us to be careful with our words. We know words hurt as we defame someone. We destroy lives. We know, Lord, the men of Jerusalem wanted to slay Jeremiah with the tongue to speak evil against him. Father, help us to be people that uh, hold on to your truth, people that are swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to, slow to react, slow to anger. Help us, Father, to be a people who speak biblical wisdom. Your word is what matters. Your word is what lasts. Your word is truth. Help us to repeat those words instead of words from liars. Thank you for this time together. We would pray, Father, you'd give us safety in our journey. Bless our time together. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.